This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. Pastor Michael, we've got a question that's been submitted. How do I know that I'm saved? Now, you kind of answered this question in your sermon on February 21st, 2016. But for the listeners who were not at Village Church on that weekend, let's just go through and answer that question for them. Yeah, greatest sermon ever given in the history of the world. I loved Um, it. And I know you struggled with it, but I loved it. You know, we preachers are our own worst critics. That's true. I actually fear for the dude who's like, yeah, I'm amazing. Like, yeah, uh, I don't think I could get any better. (laughs) Well, that's so humbling. I know, isn't that? (laughs) So, Michael, in that message, you gave 35 reasons how a person could know that they have the Holy Spirit. (laughs) 35. I I whittled it down to eight. So let's start. More digestible. Yeah, and and, and, to... to preface this, um, in the message, we communicated about the cumulative case argument. It's really important, actually, to understand when you're talking about how do I know that I'm saved? Because there's not one thing that somebody can point to and say, well, because of that, I know that I know that I know right. that I know that I'm saved. Um, and it's called a cumulative case argument because rather in a cumulative case argument, rather than one piece of evidence making the point the point is made by a preponderance of all evidence. of the you evidence. look at all of the single pieces of evidence and they all add up to an, an inevitable conclusion right that you must be saved so here are eight things in particular these are eight ways you can ha- know that you have the holy spirit because if you have the holy spirit you know that you're saved right, right? and you'll have all eight of these all eight of these these will be to some degree or to another degree or in your other. life okay so uh, number one how do i know that i am saved number one I believe in Jesus. First Corinthians 12, three. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says, quote, Jesus is accursed. Meaning if the spirit is truly in you, you will not curse God. You will not be like, I hate Jesus. I don't want anything to do with you. You're the worst person ever. I curse you. You don't exist. Whatever. Now, will you be angry at God? At times, at times possibly. That happens. Being angry at somebody is very different than cursing them. Okay. Right. He goes on and he says, and no one can say, quote, Jesus is Lord, end quote, except in the Holy Spirit. That's the flip side of the argument. Right. So if you have the Holy Spirit, here's what you'll say. Jesus is my God. He is my Lord, my master. Mm-hmm. I love him. Right. And uh, that kind of response is um, prompted by the Holy Spirit. Uh, we gave an illustration in the sermon. I think this is really important. And so, Tim, um, if you have a body without a, a spirit, what is that called? A dead. A dead body, a corpse. Okay. And if you have a spiritual person without the Holy Spirit in them, they would be a mm. spiritual dead person. They'd a be dead. They'd be a spiritual zombie, if you will. Right. Now, when there is a physical resurrection, um, what is the first thing a person does when they are resurrected from the dead? They usually gasp for air. <gasps> right. That gasp is evidence of life. Okay? Yes. And the spiritual breath of a newly resurrected soul is a profession of faith. It's belief. Okay. So the person who is resurrected from the dead spiritually is given the Holy Spirit. The first thing they do is they say, I believe, I believe, I believe it's their spiritual breath. And so when we see somebody who professes belief, they are as live spiritually as the person who's breathing physically is validating that they're alive. 
That's right. physically. And so belief is the breath of a newly resurrected soul. Number number two, um, the Holy Spirit bears witness with my spirit. Romans eight sixteen, Paul says, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. I, this is hard to communicate to somebody who doesn't mm-hmm. have the Holy Spirit, right? right? This isn't helpful. But if, if you have the Holy Spirit, you know what we're talking about here. Totally. And when Satan lies to you and is like, you're not loved, you're not even beloved, you are not valuable, you're not going to heaven, your sin has separated you from God, um, your belief in Jesus isn't real. When, when Satan lies to you, the Holy Spirit of God is this powerful yet gentle voice that says, you are my beloved son right. or daughter. Don't you dare believe what what he is saying to you. Mm-hmm. And there is an internal confirmation of sonship that the Holy Spirit gives. Um, again, none of these individually are going to be total proof, but cumulatively these add up. If you have all of these to varying degrees, um, this is awesome confirmation that the Holy That's Spirit right. is in you. Number three, I intuitively cry out to my heavenly Father in despair. Uh, Mark 14, 36, Jesus is in the garden, and he is uh, just so we'll say upset, um, broken over what he is about to face, um, taking the full wrath of God on his body, soul, and emotions, right? And uh, paying the price for everybody's sin. And this is what Mark recounts. And Jesus said, Abba, Father. Abba is, is Aramaic for dad, Daddy. intimate term, right? All things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And Paul takes up this theme and twice, once in Galatians, once in Romans, says that the person who has the Spirit of God does what Jesus did here. Let's read this, Galatians 4, mm-hmm. 6. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Romans eight fifteen. You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we, what's that word? Cry. Bye. Abba, Father. And so... And that's illustrated. You and I are both fathers. We have had... I've had children younger, and you have children now who are young. Mm -hmm. And after, in the times of their despair and times of their struggle, after they get through the I can do it myself (laughs) stage, they cry out for help. And they usually cry out, Dad, 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 help, Dad, Dad. Dad." Or when they go, Mom, she's like, ask your dad, Dad, (laughs) ask your mom right now. I just realized my 28-year-old still yells out, Dad, (laughs) Dad, and 29-year-old, Dad. But like when, when life is as hard as it can be, who do you intuitively cry out to? And that just talks about and just illustrates the intimacy and the intimate relationship that we have with our Father. Yep. yep. And you you don't need to be a mature Christian to cry out intuitively no. to God. Now, there are people who cry out to God all the time, save me. And if God doesn't perform, they get mad. Right. The Holy Spirit does not make us cry out with a wagging finger. It's a cry out for help. It's when my son cries out to me for help because he knows I will come rescue. Right. Right. He has every expectation that I will do what is right in that moment. He knows I'll respond. So just begs the question, you know, when life is very, very hard, is there something intuitive in you that just says, God, help me. Mm-hmm. God, help me. I need you. Um, number four, I'm growing in my love for worship. Now let's, let's be clear. 
not necessarily worship music, although that's a part of it. Yes. Um, all worship music is not created equal. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like another podcast. It does. All right. But John 4, Jesus says this, verses 23 and 24, an hour is coming and it's now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Mm-hmm. And there's this principle that the spirit prompts worship. The spirit gives glory to Jesus Christ. And if that spirit is in our spirit, we should find more and more that we want to give God more exaltation. That's we want right. to lift the name of Jesus higher and higher. We want to give him more glory. Now, does that mean like I am perfect at giving God glory and I've reached some pinnacle achievement in like my desire? No. But we For the, grow in it. We grow in it. And you might be such a baby in this, but at least there's something. And if you have an increasing desire to give God glory, then that's evidence that the Holy Spirit is likely in you. Number five, God uses me. This is talking about spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians mm-hmm. 12, 7. To each Christian, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, meaning that the Holy Spirit makes himself manifest or appeared, appeared or known by our ministry so that when we do things, God begins to use us. And it just begs the question, how is God using you? to measurably encourage or build up the church for the common good. It might be private, it might be one-on-one, it might be public, but is God using you? Number Mm -hmm. six, people see more of Jesus in me. Uh, The fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I'm not asking, are you great at these? I'm just asking, are you growing in these? Right. Huge difference. And if you are, people are going to make comments about that. Hey, I yeah. noticed that you handled this situation and they will tell you how. And yep. usually if if we're walking with the Lord and Jesus is working through us, it will be a manifestation of one of those fruits of the Spirit. Yep. Um, I long for heaven, Romans 8, 23, not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we eagerly wait for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Mm-hmm. It's just, here's a question for you. Like, are you groaning inwardly? Like, are you frustrated with the present state of this world? And are you longing expectantly for Jesus to come back and make things right? Right. Like if that longing is in you, that's evidence that the Holy Spirit is in you because he creates a natural discontent with the status of this world. Finally, number eight. Yeah, let's deal with this one because some people think that this is a manifestation or a demonstration that they're not a, a, a follower of Christ. Yep, number that eight struggling. is totally. Number eight is I am struggling to overcome sin. So um, this is really one of the main like core basis that people doubt their salvation, right? Um, because I have this sin issue that I can't seem to overcome, I must not have the Holy Spirit. I want to read John sixteen eight. And when he, the Holy Spirit, comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and and judgment. So I want to share with you, um, as we close this time together, um, an illustration we shared with the church. Um, I want you to imagine um, you're in a boat and two men go overboard. And one is facing down in the water. And the waves are huge and they're big and they're strong. And and, uh, you're calling his name and there's no response. But the other person is still clearly responsive. And the waves are huge. He's going under the water and over the water. And he's 
desperately pleading for help. Please send me a buoy. Please send me a life preserver. And so you take this life preserver and you throw it over and he just can't grab it and he's fighting and he goes under and he comes up and he goes under and you pull it back in and you throw it and finally he catches it and with all of the strength in him, you haul him into the boat. And now here's the question. Which one is alive? The one that's struggling. The one that is struggling. And I look at people and I say, your struggle is evidence of the Holy Spirit. That's right. If you're not struggling, that's when I'm concerned. Hashtag the struggle is real. Yes. Okay. Like, and when our church heard this, people came up to me like three on Sunday morning afterwards, cornered me and said, I thought that my struggle mm. was evidence that I'm not saved. And now I want to make something clear, okay? We're not struggling to be ripped. <laughs> We're not struggling to just look better. I'm not struggling to get better grades. I am struggling with sin because I want to please God. The struggle is, God, I want to make you happy and this sin is preventing this. I want to bring you glory, but the sin gets in the way. The struggle is with sin and we're frustrated that we are not able to give God as much glory right. as we want. And so if you have a desire to give God glory and you're struggling with a sin, um, I just want to look at you and say, your struggle is likely a major piece of the evidence that the Holy Spirit really is in you. So we come back to these eight things and we say the cumulative case is that if each of these eight things are in you, that is an incredible preponderance of evidence that That's suggests right. you truly have the Holy Spirit. And if you have the Holy Spirit, then you are a son. And if you're a son, then you're an heir. And if you're an heir, Jesus will bring you to glory no matter what. That's great. That is great. And listeners, we hope that we've encouraged you to know beyond any shadow of a doubt that you've received Christ as your Savior, that He is doing a work in your heart, and that He will not leave you. Listeners, please do us three favors. Go to our church website, vcob.org, and just submit a question to our podcast by clicking on that link that says Q&A Podcast Question. Second, if this podcast has been a blessing to you, share it with a friend or a coworker. And third, Go to the iTunes store and review this podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Please join us next time when we answer another question, which is, if I'm saved, then why can't I get over this sin? A one-minute tutorial on leaving ratings and reviews. Step number one. Do not open your podcast app, but open the iTunes store app on your phone or iPad or the iTunes store on your computer. Step number two, go into your search engine and type in the words Village Church of Bartlett. Step number three, use your eyes and see the purple podcast labeled Village Church Q&A podcast and then click it or push it. Step number four, click ratings and reviews. It should be right in the middle of your page and you will have the opportunity to give us five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Please give us five stars. And right underneath that will bring us to step number 435,000. You will see the words, write a review. Click that, write your review, preferably if it is a kind review, we'd appreciate that. 
and you'll have the opportunity to write a title and a review. Your title is the name of your review, like Pastor Tim is beautiful. Pastor Michael is so lovely and wonderful. And then in your review, you actually write your comments, your feedback, your genuine, honest, candid thoughts on this podcast. Step infinity. Submit it. And you're all done. And on behalf of everybody here at the Village Church Q&A podcast, we want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. And we want to get this content into as many hearts and hands as humanly possible. <laughs>